Hello and welcome to ITIC Insight, the podcast which shares loss prevention advice from ITIC, the world's leading provider of professional indemnity insurance for transport professionals everywhere. Hello everyone and thank you for listening to this ITIC podcast. My name's Tom Irving, I'm the General Manager at ITIC and today our guest is Lars Saberstrom. Lars is the current chairman of the ITIC Board of Directors. He's most recently the group co-chairman of GAC and currently on the, a director on the main board of GAC. And Lars is joining us today from Gothenburg. So hello, Lars. Hello, Tom. Thank you for the introduction and welcome to snowy Gothenburg today. Nice to see you. Well, I can see you, but of course our, our listeners can't see you. But uh, so, I mean, for for people that are that are listening, many of you will know that ITIC is a club or a mutual insurer, and as such, we have a board of directors which is made up of our membership. So, directors representing the various interests of our members and those directors, as well as bringing expertise from whether it's ship agency or ship management, ship broking sectors, perhaps also bring their own expertise, perhaps some a legal background, investment background, accounting background. So we have a, a wide and varied number of directors. And this series of podcasts, we'll be talking to a number of those directors and catching up with them and hopefully giving you as the audience a chance to, to get to know your directors a bit better. So Lars, I guess kicking off, if um, you could maybe tell us a, a bit about your background and your time with GAC. Certainly, certainly. So my name is, uh, as Tom mentioned, Lars Saverström. I am a Swede and I have been working with the company GAC for 30 odd years. And before that, I was working with the shipping line called Atlantic Container Line in the operation side and on the cargo planning side. And before that, I had a, a stint at sea. I am a, a master mariner by, by uh, education and uh, the sea has been my life until now. I joined GAC in 1986 and I went to Dubai as my first posting to look after what we call the ship supply service, which is really to be the agent offshore for various shipping interests. And uh, eventually I raised through the rank and 15 years later I became the uh, group chairman of, of GAC. And that was a a very interesting job. It uh, entailed a lot of traveling. Uh, The business of EGAC is a very geographically broad and spread out business. And uh, business-wise, we are engaged in in shipping agency in logistics and marine services. So it was for an ex-seafarer the right environment to be in. And uh, the Middle East at the time even that early was very, very exciting from a business point of view and also from a private development point of view. Uh, becoming the president, I had to move to Athens, so I, I, where we had the head office of GAC at the time. So I moved over to Athens and we stayed there for four years and then we decided to shift our head office away from Athens down to Dubai again. So I got back, came back to Dubai and tried to develop the business out of there. The organization of GAC is a very uh, service-orientated organization. It's uh, Today we have representations in 50 countries around the world. We have around 300 officers and employ between 8,800 and 9,000 staff. It's been a serious ups and downs uh, during the period. 
uh, as uh, life is, and, and uh, it's been an extremely uh, encouraging and extremely exciting uh, environment to work in. ITIC has always been uh, close to uh, GSC's heart, and uh, I think we are a founding member, actually, if you look back. And it all comes from the uh, realization early days that being an intermediary and being an agent, first and foremost, uh, required some, uh, some proper uh, risk management and some proper insurances. And at the time, it wasn't uh, so obvious that we as, as a shipping agent would require legal, continuous legal uh, advice and, and, and uh, support in our business. However, ITIC, we have grown together with ITIC, I would say, and, and we felt that it's not only an international organization like GAC that uh, requires cover like ITIC is, is offering, but also the many smaller companies that we rely on, the number of subcontractors, the number of correspondents that we act as for ITIC and other insurers around the world. So all of a sudden, not all of a sudden, but uh, we realized that uh, what ITIC can offer was very much part of our business and risk assessment in our own business. As you can imagine, Middle East, uh, as I said, had all ups and downs you can think of, had all the political risks, had all the commercial risks still has and what we have seen uh, lately or last year or two we realized that to manage something you always have to ask yourself what if what if this happened what if things happens that you can't imagine and sure enough before you know it your face you couldn't imagine has already happened and you have to adapt to it so it's a healthy environment to develop international business in and to do it out of a place like Dubai is really uh, probably the ideal location to be in. So I wonder Lars sort of you know obviously we've been uh, most of us stuck at home in some form for uh, whether it's for the last year or, or, or large parts of it so as a as a ship agency business or logistics business um, what, what kind of impact has has COVID had for for GAC? kind of challenges perhaps of his GAC as a business face? Yeah, it, I think in general it has had a, a tremendous uh, impact. First and foremost, the organization of GAC and the corporate culture is very human related. It's very face-to-face. We, we like to stay close to our customer physically. We have a tremendous uh, need to see our customers and to see them not only if and when things go wrong, but actually make sure that we are aligned with their policies and, and processes and, and strategy. And we, we have an ambition to, obviously, uh, from a head office point of view, to be close to our colleagues and, and staff around the world. And all that came to a halt all of a sudden. And you can imagine that it took a while for us to get used to that and to know that. Obviously, we were lucky enough to have systems that made the business sort of tick. However, the... Uh, you can just imagine that one big piece of business that we have is crew changes. It's related to a ship's crew and superintendents and surveyors and making sure they get on board and making sure they, they get travel around the world the way they want to. We were quite big and active in, in cruise business around the world. And all that, of course, came to a halt. But that didn't mean that 
necessarily our business were impacted in such a way because you had to adapt to it. And with all these changes, challenges came solutions that, that we, we had to work with other people to find out. But I would say the, the biggest challenge is to change from a very human-related relationship uh, culture to an IT system-driven culture. Sure. Fortunately enough, over time, we all got around it, and I don't think we, we were more or less than anyone else. I think we all have faced the same uh, challenges. Exactly, yes. Well, I'm not sure I'd heard, heard what Zoom was 12 months ago, so I imagine that's the same. Oh, and, and today you don't want to hear about it. <laughs> you don't want to know about Teams, it, Teams and Zoom has become uh, very important. And, exactly, yeah. and And of course, today, I, I personally, I'm a bit concerned that that way of thinking in, in our business, in our shipping agency business, which after all relates a lot on people's judgment, people's professional development, people actually uh, running around in ports and, and terminals and using the legs and heads uh, and the systems that you need to have. I'm a bit uh, worried that those human skills and, and, and uh, yeah, professionalism come little bit behind in a way. The challenge going forward, the way I see it, is to strike the right balance. And and uh, it's easy to say that, well, Zoom or Teams work well, so we don't need to see our colleagues or subcontractors or, or customers. I think that's a dangerous uh, conclusion. And I, hopefully we, we, we can work a bit smarter, which doesn't mean that we don't meet in the future. I sincerely hope we still can. Absolutely. I think, yes, I mean, you're, you're obviously someone, Lars, who's done a lot of travel over the years. And I'm sure some of that, well, I'm sure most of it you've enjoyed, but there's probably everyone's had those trips, which they could probably do without it at times. And I think that and part, part of the reason for these conversations a bit is that we, we, can't, we can't travel at the moment. We would ordinarily have board meetings where uh, our members and our insurance brokers and partners would have an opportunity to meet with both the managers and also our, our directors. And so without that sort of face-to-face contact, which I, I certainly know our members enjoy, and I think you as directors enjoy as well, meeting the local, you know, our local members. Is, um, this is perhaps something we can we can do, but it's not a not a substitute, as, as you say. Um, one thing you mentioned before, Lars, which I was just going to pick up on, is you mentioned GAC as a company employing sort of 8,000, staff. And I know that's something you're quite, quite, quite big on at the moment is uh, mental health campaigns and initiatives and sort of yeah, something which has risen up in terms of importance, I guess, over the last 12 months in particular with everyone going through their own different challenges. So perhaps you could talk a little bit about what yeah, that's interesting. We, As a matter of, of fact, we, for many years, we had something called the uh, award, the Chairman's Award for uh, Quality and Efficiency uh, once once a year, we appoint a company around the world, or, or actually the first, second, and third, and award them for initiatives that help us drive the quality and the the safety uh, issues. And uh, already in mid 2019, 2019, it came from our UK operation actually the suggestion that the uh, physical health uh, well-being of our staff and the issue of uh, mental health uh, illness has become an issue uh, in the business. And, and with that as, as a sort of wake-up call, we, we started to dig a bit deeper in it. And then came this uh, terrible uh, pandemic. And, and I think 
we are not alone to conclude one of the uh, terrible effects it will have for the future is that we will have people who work in, a, in an environment that is so challenging that uh, the future well-being of their health may be in jeopardy. So with that uh, realization, we have started to form teams in each and every company with a specific task to really look into our uh, each other's heart and mind in a different way that we have had before. And we have actually encouraged people to form uh, small groups and to allow time and uh, uh, challenges to, to challenge each other's well-being, and not physical, but also how they are mentally. I know that this is sort of uh, a, lit, uh, a little bit different from how you develop people in normal case, in normal time. However, I think uh, for the future, it will be certainly very necessary. And if everyone can, can do it in, in, in a wide and broader way in any organization, I think we will benefit from it. It doesn't take much. It's just that uh, it comes from above that this is, uh, is not only okay, it is expected from all the management to uh, keep this issue in mind and then see where we end up with it. So it feels good. We used to say we have to do well and good, and this is part of it. Part of that, absolutely. So I wonder, sort of, Lars, looking beyond, hopefully, COVID, maybe what you could sort of touch on what you see as perhaps the issues, challenges, and even opportunities for perhaps the ship agency business over the next sort of years, perhaps. Yeah, the challenges I see is that around the world it has been so many rules and regulations and recommendations implemented or semi-implemented in some cases. And and I think um, the first thing will be to try to work out what is really uh, the new regulations allowing us to do and what should we not do. And to try to understand what is the new environment that we are working in. The second issue is I, I believe that and it follows on our, our mental health uh, issue. I think we have to be very careful in not who we are working with as individual, but how different organization has developed over the pandemic. We have to review and revisit our uh, list of subcontractors and who we work with. And, and we sort of have to start all over again to see that what we signed up for in, in, in various directions in the past, that that is still valid and, and sound. Unfortunately, we know, and it's nothing strange in a way that many companies has not made it through the the pandemic and and the ones who have made it they don't they don't they are not the same as when uh, it all started so you have to revisit your whole infrastructure again in a way the um, opportunities uh, the way i see it is for an organization like gac to build on our solid uh, foundation and our uh, spirit with the staff the gag spirit is very strong and now to make sure that we can find and strike the right balance between, as I said, the, the IT system or various systems and HR. So we make sure that our very good staff has the necessary systems they require, but also that the system get the right staff it requires. So to, to strike a new balance is probably the challenge. But if you get that right, I think we... we uh, may see many opportunities coming out of it. Good. And so, Lars, we spoke a bit about, well, you spoke a bit about GAC's long, long connection with, with ITIC, which goes back many, many years. You've been an ITIC director for, I think, 11 or, or 12 years. So I wonder, 
I think you've probably enjoyed that role. I hope you've enjoyed it. Uh, but I mean, <laughs> wonder if you can touch on a couple of things in particular that you might have enjoyed about you know, being on the ETIC board. Yeah, no, I, I do enjoy very much the uh, ETIC board. And, and one of the reasons is that I find similarities in the, in the culture with the people you work. First of all, I think our board of directors represents the industry in, in a very nice way and in a very professional way. Uh, but, you know, it's not enough to have good individuals. You, you need to have a team that, that you really feel, share your views on certain things. And particularly in the business of ethic, when you have to sometimes deal with one-man company or two-man company or with a thousand-staff company or with a bigger companies. And, and the um, willingness and the understanding from the board that we all have the same problem. They may be big or they may be small, but in principle, they should get the, the same attention and the same the same support from, I think, be it a small member or a big member, it doesn't matter. And I sincerely feel that with the manage, managers as well as the, the board working well together and share the same view about what is fair, what is right, and what is uh, long-term best for the business. So uh, I have always felt at home with the people and with the business of uh, ITIC. And just finally, Lars, you know, we've, you're in Sweden, which is perhaps taken a slightly different approach to, to lockdowns and restrictions than some other parts of the world. I wonder what, what you're maybe most looking forward to once this pandemic yeah. is uh, hopefully behind us in some form or other. What, what are you looking forward to, to getting out and doing? Yeah, well, it, it's certainly true that Sweden has taken a different approach than most, for good and for bad. So we really don't know where we end up. But what I expect and what I really look forward to is to meet you people again, to meet our members, to be able to, in one way or the other, try to understand how our members has has done during the pandemic and what new issues has come out of it and how could we best support and help going forward. And I must not uh, forget to have a pint with Tom and your good colleagues uh, in, in a pub somewhere and just shut, shut away for a while and, and forget about it if you can. Look forward to that, absolutely. Yeah, seeing people again and try, try to uh, find out how, how we do afterwards, so to say. Brilliant. Well, thank you very much, Lars, for your time today. I think that's been, that's been fascinating for me and hopefully for, for, for those listening. So all the best and I hope to, hope to see you See you very soon. Thank you, Tom, and I appreciate it. And I hope that uh, this podcast can be uh, appreciated by, by, by someone watching it. So thank you. Bye-bye. Thank you for listening to ITIC Insight. We hope you found this edition interesting and informative. To ensure you never miss an episode, follow us on LinkedIn, Twitter, and wherever you get your podcasts.